Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. You know, Christmas is an awesome time. It's a joyful time, but for some, it's sad and difficult. And uh, we want to talk in this program about ministering to those that are having, maybe it's the first Christmas without a loved one a time when the absence of someone for some reason, service uh, in the military, it could be incarceration, so many reasons. And uh, But a lot of it are widows, a lot of those that have lost their husbands and their fathers. And so God puts a premium on that. And this is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper. And Nathan, uh, the Bible has a good bit to say about helping those that are hurting, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. You know, one of the easiest uh, verses to memorize and remember is from Romans chapter 12. And, you know, just real quickly in the book of Romans, the first 11 chapters, Paul is very, um, uh, focuses more on doctrine. And then 12 through the rest of the chapter, he focuses more on practicalities. And in a very practical way, uh, Romans 12, 15, he's writing to the church in Rome and he says these words. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. And real easy to remember, real easy to, uh, to you know, memorize, but it's kind of difficult to do. Um, but we have to be willing to be able to do both of those. Rejoice in moments and times where it's appropriate. And then, you know, weep and grieve alongside with, with empathy, um, with true feeling for those who are going through difficulty, who might be grieving and weeping. And so, you know, where do you think Paul got this? Well, I think he learned it as an example from Jesus. Remember when uh, Lazarus uh, died and Jesus was given word that Lazarus had passed away. Mm-hmm. What, did the, what did John say that Jesus did? Another easy to memorize <laughs> passage of scripture. It says Jesus wept. Yeah. And so, you know, if Jesus can do this, and the church is expected to do this. Uh, Christmas is a time when we can be able to weep with those who are weeping and grieving. So we enter into that time, and we're talking to some people who are hurting this Christmas season, and others, this is a great time, but what an opportunity to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And God expects the church to be a part of that. He expects you. You're a part of that. So make this opportunity. Look for those, especially those that need help spiritually, and be ready to give an answer of the faith that is in you. The interview that follows will be one that I think will strengthen you and help you and bless you as you approach this Christmas season to help others. Today on Exploring Missions, we have a guest that I've been looking forward to sharing with you and the interview that we would have uh, for this Christmas season that's coming up. Uh, Christmas is a time of great joy, but it also can be a time of great sadness. So we want to talk about that today. Our guest is Monica Cole. Monica, welcome. 
Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to have you here. You are director of One Million Moms. Tell us what that is. Well, as the director of One Million Moms and as a mother myself, we like to be aware of what the media is uh, pushing onto our children and exploiting them to. And in other words, unbiblical uh, content in the media and the entertainment industry. And we provide a resource that mothers can not only stay aware of what's new and what's uh, being uh, introduced to our children, possibly at a premature time, or they're too young to understand some of the content that they're being exposed to. But the resource is that they can speak out and let their voice be heard on these different types of issues that uh, they find probably very dear to their heart and want to protect their children's eyes and ears. If you want to know the truth, uh, One Million Moms, if you wanted to find a ministry that describes how American Family Association started, it would be what One Million Moms do. It really is. That's correct. Brother Don Wildman, our founder, uh, fed up with television That's for right. his young family, and he did something about it, and we're still That's going right. that way, too. And I appreciate the ministry you have. Well, thank you. That was the focus why he started American Family Association, and then he just, of course, there's so many different things to take on that we have so many different departments now, and I'm just blessed to be a part of it. Well, we're glad you are. How can people be a part of One Million Moms? They can go to onemillionmoms.com and sign up to receive our email action alerts. And it's really simple. It's just one spelled out, O-N-E, millionmoms with an S, dot com. It only take about 20 seconds. And you would be wise to do so. And do you have to be a mom to do it, or can single women and men be a part of that? Absolutely. Uh, anyone can join. We have several uh, aunts and grandmothers and teachers, and then also uh, not just moms and grandmothers, but also some dads and granddads and pastors and youth pastors and Christian counselors. So we welcome all because we all want to be aware of what our children are being exposed to, but also all want to speak out. Amen. We're glad of that, and we appreciate what you do. How many years have you been with American Family Association now? Well, in February, it'll be 13 years. Time flies when it you're having fun. It sure does. It sure has 13 flown. 13 years. That's, That's great, right. Monica. Well, today we are glad that you do what you do and what God's called you to do and equipped you to do that. But we're here for another reason, because uh, a year or two ago, you were going through a lot of difficulty with an illness with your husband. Yes. And uh, tell us a little bit about that journey. Absolutely. It was uh, several years ago, my husband was uh, diagnosed with stomach cancer. And usually when you have symptoms, it's pretty far advanced. And so uh, he, we had an endoscopy because the tumor had grown up in his esophagus. And so he was uh, having a little trouble uh, eating or swallowing his food after he was eating. And so we uh, got that checked out and immediately found out it was cancer. And so we uh, just... I'm, I'm proactive, and so I just went ahead and uh, got him an appointment for the very next day at MD Anderson, and we drove out there and got there about midnight. That's in Houston, Texas. That's from, right. From here in Tupelo, Mississippi. That's correct, because they do not do the surgery that he would need to remove his stomach, including the tumor here in Tupelo. And uh, so I knew of a family member who recommended MD Anderson. You can self-refer. And so that's what I did, and we just um, went over there uh, just to 
go to some experts. Uh, God has given them wisdom, and we uh, trusted that uh, that was where we needed to be since they didn't do the surgery here. And we just uh, just continued to pray about it through his journey and did everything that uh, we needed to do as far as medically. But uh, as you know, you prayed with Keith and I and others here before we left for Houston. And so uh, we... Like I said, we we didn't take long. We packed a bag and went. And so um, it was uh, my cousin. He made sure we had hotel reservations because um, I was trying to get those on the way, but really filling out online forms while my <laughs> husband was driving. So it's just a team effort there. And y'all's prayer um, and the entire ministries, uh, all the staff here, their prayers were felt during those 25 months as he uh, took on that cancer battle and, and that journey that we took on together. And the Lord decided to take him home after those 25 months of fighting fighting hard for yeah. his family. And so it was his time. And the Lord, uh, I, I believe he didn't want him to suffer any longer. Yeah. Suffering and pain, uh, they get us ready for death. They really do. And those of us that have to observe the pain and suffering, mm-hmm. they're going through it. It prepares us. Uh, and and I, I observed that in your life and saw that. And this happened. This is the second Christmas you'll have without Keith. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. I wanted to do this. I wanted time enough to mm-hmm. pass that hopefully we could do the interview and it yes. be not as fresh sure. and difficult. But the reason I wanted you to be here is not just tell that story, but also the ministering that took place. And especially at Christmas time, as I introduce this program, it's a joyful time. But especially the first year or second year afterwards of the loss of a loved one, it can be very difficult. As pastor, I observed that, saw that firsthand, have experienced some of that. And we wanted to talk about uh, what helped you? What uh, I, I know God carried you through, and I know Absolutely. the prayers of people praying for you. But we want to—I want to talk about the practical steps because the Bible makes it plain in the Book of James that widows are special to the Father, and and the fatherless are That's special right. to the Father. And you, you have That's a right. son, Michael. That's correct. And I want you to a little bit tell us what helped significantly. I know through the whole time, but especially at Christmas time when you're, the memories flood in, the first Christmas we had together, the first Christmas with a child, and sure. all of a sudden that family member's gone. It it, it brings on some uh, yeah. difficulty to overcome. Would you share some of Absolutely. what you found out? With having a child still living at home, I just wanted to try to keep things as routine and normal as possible just because of the loss that he and I both suffered. And it was in May. So we did have a few more months than others may have before a holiday, but we have experienced all the first holidays as far as also birthday and Father's Day. And and um, as you said, this is our second Thanksgiving and now second Christmas um, coming up without him. And so uh, our son was 13, and now he's 15, and we had uh, began the grieving process before, but what helped us was knowing that he was no longer in pain or suffering because he went through tremendous ordeal with not only his surgery, but all the chemo treatments and radiation two different times, and so uh, our son did not 
want to see him suffering anymore. And so we knew that Keith was ready. He was uh, prepared uh, as far as we know uh, he's in heaven and uh, looking down on us. And we knew he was prepared and um, and just to be with our father up in heaven. So we do focus on that. For example, uh, I don't know if the first are always the hardest, but uh, we'll see coming up uh, with Christmas. This will be our second Christmas if it's just as equally as hard or it might be um, not not as fresh like you mentioned, but um, we know he's having a huge feast up in heaven. Hmm. And with his stomach being removed, he had to eat tiny meals, just several of them throughout the day, though. And so we we know that he's eating a huge <laughs> feast. He can eat as much as he wants in heaven. And uh, we just remember and think back on the positive memories. We were blessed with so many different positive memories, uh, whether it was with uh, activities with our son or possibly some vacations or just fun things that we did. And so we we like to remember the good times and uh, not focus. That's a choice. I remember uh, a a family that I was talking with, the father, they had an only son and the only son was killed. And I was dreading going to talking with them. There's nothing that that I knew that I could say would help, but he met me. And before I opened my mouth, he said, Bert, I've, I've got something I need to share with you. He said, I can be thankful for the time that I had my son, or I can be unthankful for the times that I did not have him. I choose to be thankful. Exactly. He ministered to me because I, I had no idea sure. how, what I would say. And so people have the capacity, even in their pain, to minister to others, Monica. Well, I try to, and others who have gone through similar situations after I have, whether it was friends at church or uh, my husband's coworkers, spouses who are in similar situations, because I've had mentors that have stepped in and helped helped uh, guide me and encourage me and support me. And so helping other widows... It ministers to them, but it also ministers yourself in the healing process. And we know that uh, there's usually a family member that kind of sets the tone possibly for the holiday or maybe the closest living relative that the others may look to as uh, to lead them on how, you know, how we're going to handle this. And I chose to remember the good times and it be a cheerful time because that's what Keith would have wanted with our family all together and enjoy the celebration instead of focusing on uh, just bringing up some of the the sadder times, we chose to bring up the good times. And that was a willful choice on your part. Well, I felt like it was necessary, and I wanted to continue to be strong for not only my son, but the entire family. And I know everyone was, you know, of course, missing him. But it's um, that helped me also in uh, staying in a cheerful spirit and focusing on the holiday itself and Christ's birth and spending time with family and who was there. But of course we missed them. And I know people talk about an empty seat and it's, it's, it's real. It's real. And there is a pain there and others who stepped in and I've done the same thing even before I lost Keith, but 
sending widows Christmas cards, letting them know that you're thinking of them, praying for them. And I chose to, because I saw so many red cardinals, uh, (laughs) I chose to decorate the tree with a red cardinal theme. And I was receiving several from church friends, ladies at church, uh, little happies. And they were typically dropped off because it was during COVID too. So that was another difficult challenge on top right. of everything else but they chose to drop them off or leave them on the door you know doorstep or really uh, have a bench outside the door uh, I chose to do that because several blessed us with meals uh, during Keith's last couple of weeks he was alive and then afterwards would leave us uh, meals and that helped because I wasn't having to focus on and being in the kitchen to feed uh, our son other people took care of that so I could just focus on my son and his feelings and spending time with him, not stuck in the kitchen. And so that blesses tremendously having so many uh, take care of us uh, by making sure we were fed and we were fed very well. And so I was so thankful for that. Let me make an observation quickly. You haven't shared anything that somebody said you have shared the first two things you shared was those happies that those ladies in your church and friends, what they did with the cardinals with that, and then the and then the food. Do you actions? Those actions speak loud, do they not? They do. They take an extra effort because I already knew people were telling me they were praying for us during the cancer journey and after his passing, and I felt the prayers. I truly did, and. They were wanting to do something to let us know that they were thinking about us and they hadn't forgotten even months later. And uh, the red cardinal does symbolize restoration uh, after you're going through a great difficulty and uh, gives you hope in God because it's it's I know it's not in the Bible, but uh, red cardinal. Possibly, it's just nice and cheerful to to think it's someone visiting you from heaven. Yeah, and it was. They have that capacity, even they're beautiful. I mean, yes, they and there's so many at my house, and I would see one or two a day for a week or two straight. And I was just thinking, sometimes I'd see one fly in front of my vehicle. And I'd have to slow down because I didn't want to hit it. <laughs> and uh, with my husband, my late husband being a state trooper, I would think, yes, he's trying to tell me to slow down. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that just it made me think of him. Uh, anything law enforcement I saw, of course, symbolizes his uh, career and passion. And I think everyone has something that reminds them of their loved one that they have lost. And so I just uh, remember uh the times we've shared together and know the hope that I will see him again one day in heaven. Amen. It's real. Our guest today on Exploring Missions is Monica Cole. Uh, she lost her husband, Keith, uh, early on in the pandemic issue yes. when it started. And and she's sharing those things that really ministered to she and her son, Michael, during that period of time. I've heard you talk about church quite a bit. Absolutely. Not only was <laughs> AFA staff a huge support, uh, but our church family supported us tremendously. Also, my late husband's, uh, his co-workers, they stepped in as a huge support as far as keeping the yard mode when we were in Houston, Texas. And then after his passing, uh, they 
you know, wouldn't accept payment. They just wanted to keep the yard mowed. One less thing for me to have to worry about. You're talking about actions speak louder than words. Any way you can step in and help a widow so there's less on her plate, then she can focus on her children or child at home and making sure that they're doing well and taken care of. It's a tremendous help. And those... um, those actions uh, mean the world because that they're taking time out of their day that they could be doing something with their family or taking care of things at their house, but to help you. And as the Bible says, you know, to take care of widows and the fatherless and people have really stepped up to the plate. Uh, like you mentioned, friends at church. And I'll never forget, I had a, a close friend. Well, she and I are still best friends. <laughs> and she... Uh, Keith had passed away two days after Mother's Day. So he was in hospice um, on Mother's Day, and uh, he wasn't able, but he always was great about giving me flowers, whether it's Valentine's or anniversary. And so uh, she had dropped off, again, because it was during the pandemic. We didn't want Keith to catch it. So we were pretty much inside, and our son was too. He wasn't able to play with other kids you know, in the neighborhood, things like that, because school had not gotten back in session then uh, after spring break they they weren't going back so we just were pretty much isolated but we felt the love the flowers were left on the doorstep for michael to give me for mother's day <laughs> and a week before that i had called them because it was about 10 o'clock at night and his his pain in his back had gotten worse and he really relied on a heating pad and it quit working he had mm-hmm. used it and he he just uh it just Gave out. And so uh, about 10 o'clock at night, I did ask a friend because I couldn't leave his side because we were doing hospice at home. And uh, they went to Walgreens and picked up the, uh, I guess you call it the... uh, the best of the best, uh, the the two-foot-long heating pad, (laughs) and got it sent through the, the... the window so they didn't have to have contact with anyone, had them send it through there, taken out of the box so it would fit through the chute and got it to us and drove out to us at 10 o'clock at night to leave that so he would have that through the night for his comfort. And I knew I could count on those friends and other friends to do things like that because I didn't ask unless it was absolutely needed. Right. When I hear your story, I hear about your decision to make Christmas Uh, special, even after the loss of Keith, I hear you saying, I want Michael to remember, you know, his dad and the good and the joy that you guys had experienced for, you know, 12 to 13 years together. And so it is so important. So those of you who are listening today and you're, you're going to experience your first Christmas without your loved one a husband, a wife, a child, a parent, uh, focus on those qualities and those things that were great, uh, that were good. And uh, again, that's a willful choice that we make. But others benefited and they added to it because they, they felt okay. They felt better by seeing you do that. Not that it was your responsibility, but because you made that choice, did it help them? Which strengthened you even more? Absolutely. We were able to enjoy the holidays with the people who were present. And that's, you know, so important because our time is limited together. And so we know everyone misses 
the loved one that we've lost as far as I know everyone there present, Miss Keith, but it's so important to enjoy and cherish the time you do have with those still here on earth and just to remember uh, those loved ones. And I did choose to do that with giving uh, different gifts to family members that had, whether it's a Bible verse or uh, a quote or something like on a plaque, or I I chose to give those because others had uh, encouraged me. And so I gave that to family members. And then with our son, uh, we did have... uh, his fingerprints uh, saved, and so I was able to give him something. Uh, it was he he's older, so it was a pocket knife uh, with Keith's thumbprint engraved on there. We purchased from the funeral home, and uh, because they captured that, we were I was able to gift it to our son later, and I put uh, engraved "Love Dad," so that Keith was able to still give him something, even though he's in heaven. We know he's looking down on us and watching us. And uh, just, uh, I know he's so proud of our son, just like I am. And uh, this year, I'm choosing to give him something with the Cerakote uh, with his badge number. And because that's, uh, in law enforcement, that is your name. Right. Your your badge number is your name, especially when you're working. And so uh, that's, I know, Michael has chosen to use that number in different ways as far as passwords and things uh, for him to remember, but also, I think, to keep his dad's memory alive. You know, that is so important. And, Monica, I want to share with you how encouraging you've been just in this interview to see courage. And, uh, you know, we're not talking about it not hurting. We're not talking about not having difficulty. But we're talking about being an overcomer. We're talking about being courageous, a conqueror. We're more than conquerors through Christ. And that is even in death. Uh, Keith is in heaven. That's right. You're left here, but you're left with great memories. You're left with a son that uh, is is your pride and your joy. That's you right. Know? And so on this Christmas Day, those of you who are listening, we want you to, if you're experiencing this loss, especially for the first Christmas, second Christmas, whatever it is, uh, we want you to take courage. Turn to the Lord. Be involved in a local church. What an opportunity it is, and we appreciate that. Monica, we hadn't got a lot of time. Would you share one last thought to that person who is wanting to do something for a widow or for a fatherless child, what would you say to them to do for them? You remind them to lean on the Lord, trust in the Lord, have hope in uh, not only uh, eternal life, but their salvation so they can uh, be with the loved one again one day in heaven for eternity and uh, just minister to those and make sure they're saved so that they, you know, have that future with that loved one in heaven, but just love on them. Uh, like you mentioned, my church family loved on us and they still do. Amen. They still do. But just love on those, uh, uh, whether it's a widow or widower and let them know that they're not alone and they're not forgotten about. And of course the fatherless as well, because they, they may not bring it up, but they are hurting. Monica, thank you for being with us and sharing your story. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Today, we've been talking with Monica Cole and talking about a loss at a very difficult time, such as Christmas. And on this Christmas, I pray that you would take Monica's suggestion 
lean upon the Lord, not in your own choices, but in the choices he has given you. Depend upon him and help others also as they're going through this time of loss. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. Thank you.